Okay, what are we doing here, Ben? I have no idea. Perfect. Um, while we're waiting for the next Blind Duet to come out, February 25th, by the way, Ben and I thought we could share some of our all-time favorite music collaborations. And it could be a song, it could be a video, a live performance, an album, or something else entirely. What matters, I think, and I hope you agree, Ben, is that it represents that essence that we're trying to capture on our regular episodes of Blind Duet. Does that sound about right? Yeah, the spirit of Blind Duet. Exactly. So I've brought a collaboration to share today. And what's really fun is that Ben has no idea what it is. It could be anything from the entire history of music. What are you thinking right now, Ben? Do you have any any suspicions or... I know growing up used to listen to a lot of mashups. So I'm anticipating that it's some sort of mashup type situation. And I, I would argue that maybe that is actually the uh that I'm saying maybe that's the inspiration behind the whole podcast is actually your love of mashups. Maybe, maybe not. I plead the fifth. Um all right, so I, I've got this, I've scripted it out. I've got the details of this collaboration all set here at some point you are going to like through context clues i think you will know what it is um and also i must have talked to you about this at some point because it's like an indelible core memory for me at this point okay so the view so our listeners get to find out along with me what it is exactly exactly okay all right are you ready yes the year is 2012 obama has just been reelected. Fifty Shades of Grey hits the bookshelves. Ben, did you did you read that whole series cover to cover? I did not. I did see the movies. Oh, I don't really? know if I saw all of the movies, but I definitely saw at least the first two. And I feel like I kind of liked them now that I think about it. I think maybe there's one where, where there's like this whole scene where they're in this plane or a boat and they see some sort of castle and then he buys the castle, the guy for the girl. I don't know which which one that is, but I... I remember thinking it was kind of cool. Do I know you at all? Who are you? I, th- I thought those I mean, movies were. I thought those movies were like famously super bad. Okay, well, I guess I, I have to watch it now to to either agree with you or burn you endlessly. I, I mean, I don't know. I just I not sure why, but I remember that. I remember it was kind of okay. I was surprised. I remember being surprised at not hating them as much as I thought I was going to. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, let me continue setting the scene here. Avengers and the Dark Knight are in theaters. Top song in the country right now, One More Night by Maroon 5. Kind of a forgettable number one. I was going to say, I don't think I'm familiar with that one. Yeah, well, I, can you sing me more than 10 words of that song? I think it just goes like, One More Night. Oh, that, no, no, that's a different song. <laughs> um, okay. The, the night itself is November 18th, 2012. It's the American Music Awards. Kind of a big night for show business. Hosted in the Nokia Theater, out by you in LA. Broadcast live on ABC. Nicki Minaj edges out Drake for Hip Hop Artist of the Year. Carly Rae Jepsen beats J. Cole for the honor of Old Navy New Artist of the Year, which is a pretty fun sentence. And weird to look back on that, huh? Wow, Carly Rae Jepsen, Call Me Maybe, beats out J. Cole. J. Cole and One Direction. Wow. I know. All right. There have been a lot of A-list performers at the American Music Awards, 40th anniversary in 2012. 
And you know what? They are all about to be overshadowed by the artists slated to close out the show. You know who is having the biggest year in 2012? The first man to rack up 700 million views on YouTube and 800 and 900 and a billion. Is that Justin Bieber? It is not, sir. It's South Korean pop icon Psy. Wow. Okay, wait. Funny context con- context uh, situation. I was recently in Seattle and I was at this really amazing museum that's called uh, Mopop. It's like this whole modern or music museum, but there's like other stuff, pop culture. I think it used to be called the music museum. Now it's like something about pop culture. And they had a music video they were playing on this giant screen and it was Psy. But like a newer song. I didn't know he's still releasing music. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He continued his career for a, a long time. I don't know if he's still like in 2022 making music. I think he has his own label now in South Korea. Yeah, definitely past 2012, though, which I I was surprised that he I didn't know he still was doing stuff. So, of course, he's performing Gangnam Style. Um, naturally, that's what that we are. We are in the midst of Gangnam Style fever in in 2012. And this so is like cool because it's pre TikTok. It's pre. It's not pre Instagram. Instagram is out, but it's pre like the dance craze of of sh- of like of TikTok and all that stuff for sure. Yep, yep. So um, Will I Am introduces him. Many of us have uploaded videos on YouTube, but there's only one person that has 700 million views in just a couple of months. The Korean phenomenon. My homeboy, Sai, scream and shout. And the song starts, and Sai's up there doing his thing. He's got on this like cool black sequin tuxedo. He's got a crew of background dancers giving it their all, dancing their hearts out. And it's a great performance. I mean, Gangnam Style is, you know, probably the biggest song in, biggest song on the internet for sure at this moment. So, the crowd is going nuts. They're all standing. They're doing the dance in their seats. But it's all a pretty straight ahead, high energy pop performance of Gangnam style. So Sai does two verses. He does a chorus. And right before the second chorus, the lights shut off. Stage is pitch black. And there's just this light emitting from the floor. And a figure dressed in all white solemnly positions himself right over that light on the stage. Who is it? Who just interrupted the blockbuster performance of 2012? Benjamin Khan, do you know who it is? Okay. I have. I almost have no guess, but I'm just going to say Justin Timberlake. In the darkness, in the middle of this, the, the crowd is waiting in anticipation. And Sai tells us, he says... So, hammer time. Hammer time. And there is this roar from the crowd as the lights and the music come blaring back in, but it's not Gangnam style that they're that they're playing. It's too legit to quit. And right there next to Sai performing the original too legit choreography in perfect sync is MC Hammer. Wow. Yes. All right. So when I saw this for the first time, I was I got so pumped. I, this I watched this performance like a couple of times a year, and I think most people's reaction, including many members of the audience, 
which you, if you're watching the video, you will see in the video. There, everyone's asking like, why? Why is this happening? There's an audience shot in the video of Eric Stone Street who plays Cameron in Modern Family, looking equal parts, totally confused and absolutely delighted. But instead of asking why, Sai asked why not? And that's why he has 4 billion views on YouTube and we record podcasts reacting to his art. Uh, so <laughs> Hammer is up there and they are both crushing it. And the, cr the crowd was an eight before and now they're just fucking losing it. Every they're at 11. Everybody is freaking out. Um, listen to Too Legit to Quit. And the song slowly starts to reintroduce elements of Gangnam Style. And it becomes clear that it's not just a cut and paste job. It is a very well-engineered full mashup. So Ben, you are correct. Um, this is this is a live mashup of Gangnam Style and Too Legit to Quit. And what's, what's great is it goes on for like another two minutes. And they mix in choreography, the dance choreography from both songs, which is it's very special. So wait, are you um, meaning to tell just, me that MC Hammer does the Gangnam Style dance? Oh, in absolutely. this video, yeah, I'll, I'm going to send you the video in a second. Wow, um, it goes on for uh, like two minutes. They do a, like, a full version of this mashup, and what's just as amazing is it's more audience shots of like random music industry pencil pushers and their moms clapping on one and three, having like a full spiritual awakening in the presence of MC Hammer. Uh, have you ever been to an award show? No, I haven't been to not not a not like one on that level of uh, of award shows. No, would you would do you want to? Yeah, I've always wanted to go to a, go to an award show. I think it's like a dream, right? Maybe I, I don't know. know. I like the ones where they get drunk. Those are my favorite ones. The ones where they have where they have alcohol, like the okay. Grammys is cool. And I would always, of course I would love to go to the Grammys, but I like the ones. I think it's like Golden Globes, maybe whatever one where they have tables. And everyone's just like chugging champagne the whole time. So like when people get up there to actually accept their award, they're totally wasted. I think that's a good, a good award show. Uh, to me, it seems like kind of a bad time. Like, oh, yeah, I'm sure it's like it's like a Mardi Gras ball where like you think it's going to be really, really cool, and then you get there and you're like, this is not that cool, actually. <laughs> yeah, and the and yes, exactly, and the all of the logistics and hurdles of having it broadcast, like doing it for TV, I'm sure is a pain to actually be there in person. Get all dressed up and sit next to a coked out Ryan Seacrest wannabe to hear the next Old Navy New Artist of the Year announce. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's definitely, it looks, it's a lot, it looks better on TV than it probably does in real life. That's for sure. Yeah, pass from me. Um, okay, all right, so the song ends. There's this huge triumphant climax. All the background dancers fall onto the stage and it's just Psy and MC Hammer sharing the spotlight for this one performance only. They just ripped up the stage and you can see they're both really happy to be there and really grateful for each other, which I think is nice. Um, and I think a good mashup, it adds something to each song and it's, it's more than the sum of its parts. This track, especially, I think, with the live performance energy is emblematic of that idea. That's why, to me, this performance is my first pick for great moments in duet history. I think that's great. I think it's so interesting, too, to think about how that kind of viral dance culture has really blown up into such a phenomena now. Like, that is just, 
that is so much of pop culture now are these viral dances and sigh i feel like there was other ones too for sure but it seems like that was that's the first one that i can remember in like that time period i guess of course there's always been dances that people have done but but that like video dancing and people making videos of themselves doing that dance and truly the and the global reach was i mean literally Mm -hmm. record-breaking my reaction was absolute shock and awe as soon as as soon as i as i saw mc hammer start dancing let me let me get back to it also realizing that Sai was giving a clue the whole time because he's got hammer pants on i'm so glad you mentioned it yes he was foreshadowing it through the whole i didn't want to i didn't want to give it away in the description but he's totally foreshadowing it with the hammer pants that's amazing yep i mean that moment must have just been like insane right Whoever planned that was an absolute genius. So I wanted to find out myself. Um, And it's actually a little bit disappointing. All right. TechCrunch released an article the day after the performance. They were really writing the zeitgeist. It's a little peek behind the curtain. If this article is accurate, it has to do, it all has to do with Scooter Braun. No Scooter Braun? Of course. Yeah. For those who don't recognize the name, he is famous for discovering Justin Bieber and making Biebs famous. Thanks for that, Scooter, as well as managing Ariana Grande. And of course, most recently, embroiling himself in the well-documented sale of the masters of Taylor Swift's first six albums. The dude is kind of the skid mark on the underpants of the music industry establishment, in, in my estimation. He's like very emblematic of this middle ground not he's not the old school it's all about record labels he's very much embraced social media and he's become this sort of micro mogul um in the music industry what's your take on him yeah i think that could be a whole nother episode about about scooter braun and his actions and his uh and you know whether he is there's just so much information about him and so much controversy around him and and what he's done for the music industry and i think getting into that could be another 30 minutes or an hour of podcasting but yeah i think just objectively stating the things that he's best known for is let the audience formulate their own opinion on him yes he brought us justin bieber he managed him he's managed a ton of other artists including ariana grande like you said and then obviously the whole taylor swift uh situation so he was actually size manager at the time. I did not know that. Now that I yes. have no idea about. So he was managing Psy, and Psy apparently was a huge Hammer fan, obviously, now we know, and was interested in having MC Hammer join him on stage at, at the AMA Awards. And Scooter Braun happened to be at this Google event, and he ran into MC Hammer. They were both there. And so Scooter just calls Psy and hands the ringing phone to MC Hammer. And Psy picks up, and it's that's the the rest is history. Wow, absolute chills thinking about that though. That like you you know he was able to talk to someone that's like totally his hero. But I guess that also kind of says speaks to like getting a good manager, right? <laughs> like yeah, the, the dude the dude was effective. I think like literally he was effective to a fault. And again, we could record a whole nother record a whole like podcast essay series on right scooter braun i think but i I think again like just objectively you know without voicing any opinion uh you can still say yeah the dude is 
effective as a manager for sure. I mean, there's no denying that looking at the people that he's managed and the insane success that he's had. All right. How much do you know about Sai and his career in South Korea? I don't know a ton about it. I have I have um, spent some time researching the K-pop market, I guess. So like I kind of know how most of those um, record labels are structured over there and how most of those careers are formulated over there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if Psy is a product of the same of the same um, establishment that I'm familiar with, but I'm right. assuming that he probably is involved with them in some way. So you're, you are sort of what's happened after Psy in the last, you know, five, 10 years of big K-pop boy bands, girl bands. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of more what I'm familiar with. All right. Well, I'm curious to hear your take on this. So I was talking with my friend May, who listens to the pod. What's up, May? And she let me know some context that really changed my perception of size trajectory as an artist. And I have I've since checked this out and it's it's elsewhere on the internet. His whole artistic persona is actually, it's not an exact equivalent, but it's very similar to Weird Al in the world of K-pop. Yes. Um, and that really, ch- it kind of changes my perspective on him and especially on Gangnam Style and that video, which I know we are all very tired, probably still, we're exhausted of seeing that video. Go watch it again with fresh eyes. Like, it's it's super clever. We probably don't even get half of the references and jokes. Um, but I think that's also part of the, out of the beauty. It ended up being really universally loved even outside of Korea and outside of K-pop. Yeah, I don't know if if you actually know about this stuff. If you're well versed in social social norms and tropes of of K-pop, please get in touch with us, um, and let us know how wrong we are. But I'm Ben. I'm curious what what you know about that. Now, these bands that are created are actually um, it's like specific labels that run these kind of almost like competition based experiences where it's very very competitive and it's like you have to go through all this special training with dancing singing how you're going to look how you're going to you know act and all that stuff there's even like acting training and everything that you go through and then a select few are picked from this like huge pool of of uh people that desire to be k-pop stars and then they're then a band is created from that and it's kind of like a, um, you know, it's very, again, it's like you, your opinion could go either way on how you feel about it. I know that there's a lot of stuff surrounding it about, um, you know, people being told to be skinnier and people being told to change their looks and all that kind of stuff. And I think that can be somewhat controversial. But I also think that on the other side, there's, you know, there's an opportunity for this huge career. And it's, and it's a, um, you know the labels do have a lot of money and they offer a lot of of um amenities for people that are that are interested that are interested in this, in going through these programs so i'm not really going to i'm trying to stay neutral on whether i think that they're good or bad i think there's probably positives and negatives i guess as far as how that whole system works well i'm not trying to stay neutral <laughs> if a label's trying to tell you like you have to Remember, I mean, we, with after our talk with Chris, he was like, the label told me I couldn't gain weight. I couldn't do certain things with my hair. I had to cultivate this certain public personality. I don't know. I think that's shitty. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't agree with that. I'm not saying that's good, but I, but I also, I don't think, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure that I think that's good or bad, but I don't, I'm also not sure that society in general is telling us to do anything that is, you know, kind of pressuring us any more than that to a certain extent. Mm. You know, I mean, if you look at who's being pop stars, it's, 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 the, it's society that's determining those things just as much as the labels are pressuring people to be that way. Yeah. I'm hoping, I'm hoping we can get more successful pop artists like Spoon. Remember Spoon? Spoon? Yeah. Go look up a picture of Spoon right now. I haven't seen them in a while, but I did see them at Voodoo Fest once upon a time. I enjoyed their set. Oh, and sorry, not that I want more like groups of straight white men necessarily <laughs> in, in pop music. I think we've got enough, but I'm talking about just regular looking humans. We could. Yeah, but I think these guys aren't really pop stars, though. They're like a pop rock band. They That's were, they were very, they were very alt. Yeah, they're like an alt rock band that like got kind of popular. I don't necessarily think, I don't know. I get what you're saying, though. It would be nice if more. I don't, I don't but I mean, there's also the frosting. There's so many other, no. What did you, you say? I don't need all the frosting. I don't need the like perfect hair, perfect lips. This is a very rote. We've, we've, we've tread, society has tread this track many times. I don't think we're saying anything particularly novel or interesting right now. Um, but um, that's, that's where I'm at for the music industry in 2022. Yeah. I do think that it is interesting going back to Psy that he is um, con- sort of considered Korea's Weird Al. Is that, is, is that what we're, what we're concluding? Which I think is amazing, especially because, man, do I love Weird Al. And did yeah. I grow up just absolutely adoring Weird Al's music so much? Yeah, I have to keep putting it out in the universe. He's my, he's my number one. Best. Oh, for, best for the, for, yeah, for he's Blind number Blind. one. Yeah. We would love more than anything to have Weird Al on the yeah, show. Keep, that's keep sure. manifesting. Keep manifesting. Uh, all right. That's all, I, that's all I got for Cy and MC Hammer. Yeah, Thank I think for- that was a great moment in duet history for sure are your are your wheels turning you got one for me i do now i'm trying to think of what's going to be the next one for sure i have i have some ideas i do like this idea that it's like live performance based as opposed to recorded because i think that's i think you know i think anything anything plays here yeah anything goes for sure but like this was a really good one to start with so i got to come with some heat next time for sure thank you thank you Anything else we need to announce in this episode? Got a YouTube channel. Yes. Now you can listen to all of the episodes of Blind Duet on YouTube. So if that is your is your preferred platform to listen to podcasts, uh, we are on there. So feel free to just search Blind Duet on YouTube. We'll also probably be releasing some more video content on there as well as in, you know, as as we get more stuff going. But for right now, it's just the audio of the uh, of the podcast. Cool. Well, thank you for this. Thank you for coming on this journey with me. And um, thank you to everyone listening. We'll see you on February 25th. Yep. See you guys later. Thanks for listening. <laughs>